Hello and praise the Lord. It's another wonderful opportunity that God has given us to share in our daily inspiration. As we continue encouraging each other with the word of God, exploring our topic, God of our recovery, how God causes his children to recover amid the challenges and some of the problems that we go in our days or in our generation. God still has plans to make his children recover. God does not cast men away forever. That is what the scripture tells us. And even when you go through challenges that appear like a need in themselves, let me tell you that if you hang on God, if you cling to God, you will recover. In my morning uh, devotion, I am reading the book of Deuteronomy. And today I was reading the book of Deuteronomy chapter 4. And there is this scripture, you know, that caught my attention. It's talking about the Israelites and they were worshipping uh, the, the, the idol that was called Baal Peor. Eh? That was the idol that, that, that was being worshipped by the Moabites. And the scripture says that God killed all those people who worshipped the idols. But those who clung to him. Those who made it to cling to God, those who trusted God, none of them died. And, you know, I was getting the revelation that God still can make his children recover, irrespective of what is it that you are going through. You can need it still in your own free time. But now we come to our topic, God of our recovery. How does God cause his children to recover? And yesterday we saw that it is still possible for us to sing the song of Zion, even in a strange land. Even when we find ourselves in circumstances that we cannot understand and you're asking, how did we get here? How did we get into this prison? We are wounded, we are bleeding. How did we get here? We can still afford to sing the song of Zion in a strange land. And let me tell you that God will open doors for us and cause us to recover because God, God is committed to the recovery of his children. And today I want us to look at what some Bible scholars have called the worst chapter in the Bible. You know, that is Genesis chapter 39. I don't know whether you have ever had an opportunity to go through Genesis chapter 39. Let me tell you that it has some, you know, some of the things that you read and you wonder, am I reading the Bible? The first time I read it, actually I had to reconfirm whether I was reading the Bible. And I have, you know, sometimes I ask myself, what? purpose does this particular chapter serve you know this that's a chapter where we find judah you know going to to, to get a prostitute and then unfortunately the prostitute runs away you know runs away with the, with the judah's items that is where we find judah's children you know again acting wickedly against god and god killing them there are all manner of things that are happening there but let me tell you this chapter is very important for a number of reasons it is sets the stage and it answers a question that any Bible student would ask. Why did God cause his children to go to Egypt for 400 years? God did it because he knew that if they remained in the environment where they were in, where they are doing, they were doing the events that are described in Genesis chapter 39, God's holy, the identity of God's people would be compromised. Remember, Jacob had just returned to the land of the promise. That is to... to to Canaan, and God had told him when he was in Laban's house, Return back, eh? return back to Bethel where I appeared to you, go and settle in the land of Canaan. And that is what happened to Jacob with his uh, 12 sons and his family. And he comes back and he settles at a place called Shechem. What happens? Genesis chapter 34. Uh, daughter, the Jacob had a daughter. I don't know how many of us know that Jacob had a daughter called Dinah. Dinah is left by the Shechemites. And uh, Levi and his brother Simon decided to avenge. They killed all the men in the, in the Shechem. And tell you, it's, it's one mess after another after another. 
Then after here, that is where it's a build-up. Even no time, Joseph is old. There is internal family feuds. No, this, uh, it's called siblings' slavery. Joseph finds himself sold as a slave. And the families in this area. I don't know whether you would have loved to be part of Jacob's family at that particular time. Then you come to chapter 39. What has happened in chapter 39? That is where Judah is going to look for a prostitute and all those kind of things. Chapter 39 of the book of Genesis sets the stage as to why God has to relocate his people from Canaan, from amongst the Canaanites, to go and uh, incubate them in another environment, in the environment of Egypt. Egypt was not one of the best places, I agree. But let me tell you, there are instances where God will remove you from one location to another because he knows that there is much hope in the other environment where he has taken you. And it might be today you are discouraged because things are not moving the way you had anticipated. Life is not progressing in the direction that you had expected to be. You thought you were in Canaan. This is your place. This is the land that was promised to our father Abraham and Isaac. And this is where we are. Then all of a sudden, things change. There is famine in Canaan. And you find yourself in Egypt. Not in a day or two, but for 430 years. Why? Because God needed an area where he could cultivate, where he could incubate these people, where he could speak to them, where he can breed the kind of a people that he had in mind. When the environment becomes toxic, let me tell you, my brother and my sister, that is a prerequisite for relocation. Many times God will locate us. There are doors that are so promising that God would cross and then open lesser attractive doors. Why? Because he knows that there is much more opportunity for you in that other door that he opens the same thing happens maybe it is a job you lost that was so promising maybe it's a relationship that was so promising and maybe it is your candidate who lost and a less attractive candidate uh, won let me tell you that in the wisdom of god he knows that there are better chances of you accomplishing the purpose that he has for you in egypt than in canaan you will come back here after 430 years to destroy these people who are acting wickedly whose habits you have started to copy that is why God is relocating you because God in his wisdom knows that the only place where you can realize your full potential is in Egypt. It is with this particular leader. It is in this particular environment. It is in this particular job that you are doing or this particular business. Let me tell you the scripture says, trust in the Lord with the whole of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Even when you cannot understand what God is doing, my brother, my sister, let us trust him. God is committed to the recovery of his children, irrespective of what they are going through. The fact that you are in Egypt does not mean that you live in Egypt. A day is coming and he will restore you back to the promised land. We live in the book of Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 9 and 10. This is a scripture that encourages me so much. It says, my soul yearns for you in the night, in the morning, my spirit longs for you. When your judgments come upon the earth, the people of the world learn righteousness. In other words, when God judges, now people are able to know there is something God is doing. But when grace is shown to the weekend, they do not learn righteousness. Even in the land of uprightness, they go on doing evil and do not regard the majesty of the Lord. My brother, my sister, when God judges, he is doing it with a purpose and for a good purpose. And I can assure you, it is all for the recovery of his children. Let us pray together.
Gracious Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we are grateful because of speaking to us. And thank you for reminding us that even in judgment, your children can recover. You relocated the Israelites, Jacob and his family, from the promised land, and you took them to Egypt. When the environment, the wine became so toxic. And there are some blessings we may not realize because the environment has become toxic. I pray that you may open the eyes of my brother and my sister who are listening to this particular episode as it relates to the situation they are in, to the environment they are in, to whatever they are going through, that, Lord, they may see your wisdom in breaking some doors, in crossing some roads, so that you can open what might appear less attractive, but all to work for the ultimate good. Thank you because in Egypt we shall thrive. In Egypt we shall become a nation. In Egypt we shall become powerful because the Lord our God is in our midst. And I thank you, Father, that you are committed to the recovery of your children. Thank you for speaking to us. Be with us and watch over us. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you joined me for this particular inspiration. I don't take it for granted. Samuel Logai, my brother, you are such a blessing. And thank you so much for joining me this morning. I pray that God will be with you. God will watch over you. God will guard, protect, and preserve you the whole of this day. Don't forget, you all are a blessing. God bless you so much and thank you. Mm -hmm.